Don't you think if I touched my nose, I would have felt it? I just felt something funny over my lip. Maybe it touched my nose. You touched his nose, Charles. You'll have to marry him. This unit is running as smoothly as a pig on stilts. I just dropped by to say that I won't be dropping by. Yeah, but me and my teddy bear are very close. I mean, sometimes I talk to her. Does it ever talk back? Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. A gentleman. Today we're discussing Season 6, Episode 5, War of Nerves. It's the 127th episode overall, directed by Alan Alda, written also by Alan Alda. Originally aired on October 11th, 1977, and the production code is Y106. Cindy, what are you doing here? I don't know. I thought I was getting on the Crosstown bus. You give transfers here? Did you get this red stuff all over your head? Well, you might find it hard to believe, but I was doing therapy in a foxhole with that boy. He started to get overrun by some of those Chinese fellows. Oh, group therapy. Then to discourage the Chinese, our artillery started lobbing shells into the area. That discouraged all of us. How's my toughness? Fine, just a little diaper rash. Sydney, what happened? Well, it's a long story, but it's the last house call I'll ever make. Plot summary for this episode. When a bus rolls into the 4077 compound, there are several wounded soldiers and a surprise, Sydney. He was in a foxhole doing therapy with patient Tom, who suffered from hysterical paralysis when they were hit by Chinese artillery. Sydney has a headache, but he is 100% compared to the 4077th crew. With everyone acting frenzied, Colonel Potter asked Sydney if he would visit with some of the lunar cases. Klinger and Radar are each generally worried he's crazy. Margaret continues to do her work correctly, if not loudly, and Winchester is wrong and cannot deal with it. The Swamp Rats see Tom is giving Sydney a hard time and the good doctor is beating himself up over it. But only Father Mulcahy consults Sydney about Sydney. A routine duty turns into a Potter-sanctioned 4077 organised activity to allow everyone to let off some steam. Major Winchester, I'm terribly sorry. Would you mind stepping outside and scrubbing up? <laughs> I kind of doubt that'll be necessary, Major. I just spent seven and a half minutes uh, scrubbing. Yes, but that was before you touched your nose. I beg your pardon. Your nose, you touched your nose. You're no longer sterile. If you operate now, you'll contaminate the field. Of course, and it's precisely what I would do if, in fact, I had touched my nose, which I didn't. Major, I saw you touch your nose. Major, do you think my face is insensate? Don't you think if I had touched my nose, I would have felt it? I just felt something funny over my lip. Maybe it touched my nose. You touched his nose, Charles. You'll have to marry him. Colonel Potter, I clearly saw Major Winchester touch his nose. You naughty boy. Colonel, I refuse to spend another seven and a half minutes scrubbing up because of this woman's paranoid hallucinations. She's a pretty good observer, Winchester. I did not touch my nose. I did not touch my nose. You did touch your nose. I saw you touch your nose. It's the battle of the noses, ladies and gentlemen. Who do you think is ahead, Captain Honeycutt? Well, Winchester was ahead for a while, but he blew it. Say, that's disgusting. How am I expected to operate in here if I must continually leave to wash my hands? Don't touch your nose. 
idiots. All right, and for our guest stars, of course, we start off with the wonderful Alan Arbus, who returns as Major Sidney Friedman. And Michael O'Keefe returns to MASH, but playing the character of Tom. We also have John Hamer returning as Sergeant Zell And Peter Vliegert, he's of course Corporal Igor Strelominski. And the lovely Kelly Nakahara is back as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. And Salvisco again is the PA announcer. Sydney, wait up. I'm kind of glad you're here. These people are falling apart. How long have they been acting like that? A couple of weeks, no rest, nothing but work. This unit is running as smoothly as a pig on stilts. It was a little quieter in that foxhole this morning. Sydney, what would you say to seeing a few of the folk on an informal basis while you're here? Sure, why not? Use the VIP tent. I'll discreetly direct a few of the loonier ones your way. Just make sure they come in one at a time. Listen, I'm no head doctor, but I think they need a little diversion. You know, something to break the routine. Some square dancing or some... Sure, square dancing, that's the ticket. Well, they're kind of... Exhausted. Look, I'm their commanding officer. If I say dance, they hoof. You hear what I said? Maybe you better save an hour for me. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. Why don't you start us off, Meds? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't like this episode. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I say I don't like it, but they gave it six out of ten. So I mean, it's not. Yeah, like, yeah I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah. So. so it's not. No, I don't. I don't get annoyed by it. I, I just think. Um, uh, it's nice to have a Sydney-centred episode that I really like because everyone mm-hmm. likes Alan Arbus. It's good to have Sydney back. Uh, yeah. and I do like the whole thing about Winchester, apparently or not, apparently uh, touching his nose. I, I, <laughs> I just um, I don't like Tom's attitude towards Sydney, but I suppose I can see the reason why. And I think it's because we're so so. You, and this, this is my downfall, not the writing at all. I think it's because of the fact we're so used to Sydney being the person there that everyone can rely on. And then you're seeing a patient, which of course would happen, um, who's who it hasn't worked for, and he blames really quite violently in his words. How are you feeling, Tom? How am I feeling? You crud! I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I feel like I had my damn legs blown off. How do you think I'm feeling? I'd be back home now walking around on two good legs if you hadn't sent me back to that ridge. Tom, you were able to walk back to the ridge because of the work we did together. Now, why don't we talk about it for a few minutes? Don't come near me, you butcher. Now, I'm telling you, you get him out of here or I am going to wreck this place. If you change your mind, I'll be in my tent. Um, but, but it just seems a bit weird, the fact that Tom blames Sydney so much for it. Yet normally in, in those kind of cases, they would be generally angry all the time because of the situation they're in. Yeah, it's not. It's real Jekyll and Hyde. It's almost psychosis. Yes, um, so yes. whether it's a failing of Sydney that he hasn't picked up on something else that's mentally happened there, or the whether it, it just kind of like thing doesn't work. It's still a good episode, don't get me wrong. Um, it just leaves me a little bit you know, off edge, I think. And I think it's just because of the fact I don't like seeing Sydney getting so badly abused. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I wrote that in my note because that was my least favorite thing. I think that's why I gave it a seven Mm. is because of the harshness of that guy. And, you know, towards Sydney, who's like the sweetest man in the world. Yeah. You know. um, But, yeah, I mean... I totally agree. I didn't mean to interrupt. You can continue with No, your, no, that's it. I'm, I'm done there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I actually, I gave it a little bit more better than you. Like I said, I gave it a, a 7 out of 10. That guy did annoy me, and he was the down, you know, the, yeah. the down part of the episode. Um, but again, 
I understand because Sydney is sending him back to, you know, fixing him up and putting him back out there. Just like as the doctors. I can see yeah. the patients being upset with the doctors. <laughs> I was just about to say that, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I totally get it. I mean, I would not want to be, if I was injured, I'm like, woohoo, I'm going home. And then the doctors do such a great job at fixing you up, you go back out again. Yeah. You know? But um, I I actually, I thought it was interesting that Houlihan has, like, the uh, the hots for Winchester. Yeah, so the, the apparently... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the beginnings that. of it, you know, of her... Well, she likes his wealth, obviously. Yeah, and his peeps. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. So, you know, and it's just... He's very influential in, you know, back in the States. His family is, at least. Yeah, I'm glad they um, didn't carry that on, you know. I'm glad that they kind of... You, you get those... Like, it dwindles. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I totally forgot about it this episode, and I was like, oh, that's right, there's a few episodes where there's a, you know... Oh, and then obviously she's married. So I'm like, how can they? Yeah, it was. She just she likes power. We've always known that. That's why she oh, goes yeah. for generals. You know, so someone with any kind of power, she's gonna attach. I tell you, but I, I loved. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't like Zayel either. I, I'm not a great fan of Zayel. Um, when, whenever he's in a in a match episode, it always seems All to be the same kind of like conversation that he has with Klinger, and there's always yes. like, you know antagonism going on. Yes, and, and yep. I, I think a little bit later on when. Zale's kind of replaced with, um, oh, what's his name? You, uh, Harris from Police Academy. Not Harris. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know he, who you're talking about. Yeah, he's replaced by him, and I, I, I quite like his character. A but he was more. a more bumbling kind of, you know, mm. I like that character. Like you said, I like that character better than Zale. Zale was just too adversarial all the time. He's always wanted to fight somebody. Yeah, and he was always clinger, and, and it's kind angry. of, you know, you, you know what's coming. And again, like I've said before, there's certain things I don't like about Klinger's character in the earlier episodes, and it's kind yeah. of repeated a lot with Zale, but, you know, a minor a minor quibble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did like the whole, you know, Sydney talking to Houlihan. I hope I'm not disturbing you, Major. Not at all. Nice to see you, Major. Well, I'm here primarily as a favor to Colonel Potter. Sure. What's up? I have a problem by the name of Charles Emerson Winchester. Winchester's your problem? He's insane. Really? He has no grasp of reality. <laughs> For instance, uh, just uh, to give you an example, it's insignificant, really. He touched his nose in surgery and won't admit it. Is that crazy or is that crazy? Classic. How often does he go for his nose? The point is he denies it. He's completely irrational. How do I know what he'll try to touch next? Uh-huh. But what's that supposed to mean? Aha, uh-huh. I know an aha uh-huh when I hear one. You think I'm infatuated with him, don't you? Is that what I think? Well, let me set your mind at ease, Major. The only reason he goes for his nose is because it's the only living thing around here that would have him. Oh, I don't know. He seems like a decent person. Intelligent, a certain amount of wit. And money. Let's not forget his money, which he's constantly flaunting in front of us with his laundered hankies and his monogrammed caviar. I suppose you think I find money attractive. I have no idea. Money is far down on my list, Major. Money comes second, maybe even third. second anyway the man is totally self-absorbed what do you think of him well he seems basically normal uh-huh in other words you think he's crazy about me i do well i just wouldn't be too sure about that if i were you 
Come in. Uh, uh, if you have any more pain, Major, just take some aspirin. Oh, thank you, Margaret. Mm-hmm. And she just comes in and, you know, telling Sidney what he's thinking, you know. <laughs> uh, that was funny. And then, of course, Winchester has to interrupt. I'll go now. I'm sure you have some sort of mental problem to discuss. Now, I ask you, did I say anything to provoke that? <laughs> I tell you, Major... That woman is verging on a very serious breakdown. If I had any confidence at all in psychiatry, (laughs) I would uh, recommend uh, treatment. Thank you. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Hardly. I do not intend to be part of Colonel Potter's psychiatric cattle drive. I just dropped by to say that I won't be dropping by. Would dropping by make you uncomfortable? No. (laughs) Don't waste your clinical come on with me, doctor. I had my fellow psychiatrists at the age of nine. And no, I don't care to talk about it. Look, the point is that she is the one who is obsessed. She watches my every movement. My body seems to be of intense interest to her. Which I suppose you'd find uh, very revealing. (laughs) In other words... The woman's crazy about me. Huh? <laughs> Please, don't make me laugh. I don't know what ever got into me. And then he does the same thing. Yeah. Um, I have something that says, uh, great clinger moment, worried about being crazy. Oh, I love that when he went and talked to Sydney. Clinger. My, how you've grown. Seems like just this morning you were a little girl in Mary Jane's. Can I talk to you, Major? I hear you got your shingle out. I realize I've only told you about 112 times, but I can't help you with the Section 8 routine, Clinger. Oh, I don't want to talk about getting out, huh? I want to talk about being crazy. Well, this is a novel approach. Go on. No, I mean it. I'm afraid I'm going crazy. Want me to lie down? What's the problem? Well... I look at myself in the mirror lately and I see this guy in earrings, pillbox hat, veil, maybe a little choker of pearls. And I ask myself, would a sane man dress like this? I'm trying to convince them and I'm convincing myself. You're actually worried? Major, I think I'm really going nuts. Gina Lola Brigida used to make me drool. And last week I looked at a picture of this beautiful, voluptuous woman and all I could think of was... How could she wear a peasant blouse with a tweed skirt? Now, is that all flippo or what? Look, you're in the crazy business. Fashion consciousness is just a tool of the trade. Doc, I go to sleep wondering if my pleats will hold out for another day. My palms got sweaty last week when I read that cocktail-length hymns are going longer in the back, and I just don't have the material. Now, that's saying, right? Klinger, let me ask you something. Why do you want to get out of here? Why? Well, there's, there's lots of reasons. I guess death tops the list. I don't want to die. And I don't want to look at other people while they do it. And I don't want to be told where to stand while it happens to me. And I don't want to be told how to do it to somebody else. And I ain't going to, period, that's it, I'm getting out. You don't like death? Overall, I'd rather lay in a hammock with a couple of girls than be dead. Yes. Listen, Klinger, you're not crazy. I'm not? Really? 
You're a tribute to man's endurance. A monument to hope in size 12 pumps. I hope you do get out someday. There would be a battalion of men in hoop skirts right behind you. Thank you, Dad. Anytime. Anything else I can help with? No, no, I, I gotta get going. I got some nylon soaking. Mm. And he was really concerned that he was going crazy. Yeah. You know, that, and that was like the real clinger. He, he tried, I, I, that wasn't an act. Like, he truly was worried that because he's doing this so often that his whole, you know, that's all he thinks about is clothing and, you know, all the women's wear. <laughs> yeah, and he's worried about the fact that that's like, he's actually going to turn out like that when he gets back home. Yes. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I liked that little aspect of it. Oh, yeah, Radar, that, that's the other one. It's his one-on-one with Radar. Did you want to see me or have you sprung a leak? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't want to go into your tent because I afraid somebody might think I was crazy. <laughs> What can I do for you? I think I'm going crazy. Why is that? Well, it's about my teddy bear. He's been acting strangely. Huh? What about him? Well, I never say anything to the guys when they kid me about sleeping with it. Except now and then I think about it in the back of my head. And when you told Klinger that it, it proved he was crazy because he carried a teddy bear, I started thinking about it in the front of my head. Radar, you can't prove anything about anybody but what he carries. McCarthy carries his swagger stick. That doesn't prove he's a gentleman. Yeah, but me and my teddy bear are very close. I mean, sometimes I talk to it. Does it ever talk back? No. So? Do you know how many people write letters to Romeo and Juliet and think I Love Lucy is real? And those people are living nice, safe lives with towels and sheets. They're not up to their ankles in mud, blood, and death the way you are. Yeah, but what happens when I go back home? My guess is you probably won't need them anymore. Won't need them anymore? That's okay, though, because I have a feeling I will. <laughs> and he's talking about the teddy bear. Yeah. And how he's, I mean, we obviously know it's a security blanket. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and when he does leave the army, you know, I'm assuming he's not going to need his teddy bear anymore, but... Um, I just I liked all these little there were all these little interpersonal moments with Sydney and the the person he was talking to. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, a nice little payoff as well with the fire at the end where they all they were going to go crazy for it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's another thing. And like, are they really going to take every? I mean, they're taking benches and chairs and yeah. <laughs> like a credenza. I'm like, oh come on! I mean, how many pieces of furniture do you guys have it at the? You know, at the camp that you can dispose of as well, and of course it's a very dry area as well because Mashburn does burn down. Uh, oh yeah, well the, 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 the actual the series, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just I was like, eh, come on. I mean, I understand it was a stress reliever, and but I mean, some of that stuff they were throwing yeah. onto the fire. I was like. I don't know if the government would really like you destroying pieces of furniture. No, and I think wood's probably quite important, but for you know, yeah. it's TV. Yeah, yes. And you know I'm a big Father Mulcahy fan, so it was really cool to see him, the one that kind of swoops in and saves Sydney. Yeah. Come in. Oh, hi, Father. I didn't expect to be seeing you in here. Yes, well, uh... uh Please. Thank you. Well, I, I come about a friend. I see. What's his problem? Well, things aren't going so well for him, and he's feeling a little low. Who's your friend, Father? You. <laughs> I wonder if a good antidote might be to think about all the successes you've had. 
I would think you've had a few, no? Sure. I've sent dozens of kids back to the front, and they're fine now. It hurts to think you might lose even one, though, doesn't it? See, when Pierce or Honeycutt lose one, he's out of his misery. But when I lose one, I've lost a mind. When I lose one, I've lost a soul. I guess it's all in how you look at it. You know, and kind of gives him advice. Because that's what Father Mulcahy's job is. And he really doesn't... We don't see a lot of him. You know, he's here and there, but he has, and he has a few major stories. But it's always nice when he can come in and, and save the day. Uh, and then, of course, I love the final song where they're all singing around the campfire. Yeah. Keep the home fires burning While your hearts are your So it's quite um, a nice little payoff, actually. Yes, whenever they whenever they sing, I love when they do the group singing. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely I enjoyed this episode. I think of the bunch that we saw, uh, you know, for this section that we're recording now. Yeah, it's not probably not my favorite favorite, but it's definitely it's definitely worth it. Seven out of ten. Yeah, so I'll, I'll stick with my six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's going on here? Well, sir, we were burning the Chinese uniform, sir, because they're infested. Are you telling me some Chinese soldier came in here wearing an American ladder? Oh, uh, I, I guess I must have just slipped up there by mistake, sir. Well, you better slip it back off, Zale, or your service record is liable to get one giant hot foot. Yes, sir. Thank you. You see how loony they're getting? You know, this may be just what they need. Major, when people are suffering from overwork, do you usually prescribe arson? Because if you do, I'm going to take another look under that bandage. Well, look, Colonel, they don't want to burn the whole camp. Just carefully selected bits of it. Actually, it's a pretty controlled response to this place. They might actually have found themselves that pressure valve you're looking for. All right, let me have your attention. I am reversing my previous order. You are hereby directed to assemble one regulation bond-type fire. All right, it's time to move on to some behind-the-scenes. I will start us off. The actor that plays Tom, the injured patient Sidney Cures of hysterical paralysis, is the same actor who played a hysterical paralysis patient, Hawkeye Cures, during MASH, Mad Dogs, and Servicemen. That's from Season 3, Episode 13. That patient's name was Corporal Richard Travis, I wonder if the middle name might be Tom. <laughs> because the same actor with the same issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Uh, and my one here. Uh, here and in Change Day, Peter Vlugart plays Corporal Igor Straminsky. Previously, Igor was played by Jeff Maxwell. Uh, Maxwell's Igor returns in the seventh season and appears for a total of 59 episodes over the run of the show, including the finale, Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. 
Yeah, I tried to find out why he was not in. He's only he's not in this one season. Yeah, he's in every other season except for this one season. Yeah, and he, he released a cookbook as well, didn't he, Jeff Maxwell? It was uh, Igor's uh, mash recipes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, yeah. It's just I couldn't figure. I I scoured the internet. If any of your listeners know why, let us know. Yeah. Um, but I could not find out why. I don't know if he was doing a movie or you know. Yeah, uh, contract disputes. Yeah, 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 but, but yeah, but bring him back again. You know, that's the only thing I can think of. Is there was some sort of dispute, and then they finally negotiated it, and then they brought him back in for season seven. Could have been, but um, <laughs> yeah, he was missed. It's weird seeing it someone else's Igor. Yeah, yeah, because you're so used to seeing Jeff Maxwell. He's Igor, but um, anyways, so yeah, so there are very few behind the scenes. So I actually found a fun fact, which at least I thought was fun. Oh, uh, Alan Alda and Jamie Farr were the only cast members to actually serve in Korea. Both did their tours after the 1953 ceasefire. Ah, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. Sydney! Sydney? It's Tom. I think I have another house call for you. Let's go. They may let you ride in the meat wagon with him back to Seoul. Are you interested? Are you kidding? Hi, Tom. Hello, Doc. Dr. Pierce and Dr. Honeycutt thought I should talk to you before I go down to Seoul, and I thought that would be a pretty good idea, too. Sure, Tom. I mean, I may never get to see you again. Sure. Doc, I know I've been rough on you. And I know you didn't mean to do me any harm. Although I have never been harmed so much in my life. And I am never going to forgive you as long as I live. Tom, come on, will you? I'm sorry, Doc. I don't care if they fix me up better and brand new down there. I'll never forget what it felt like being put back in that foxhole when you knew what I'd been through. I'll never forget how it feels to get my legs shot up, and I'm never going to forget how much I hate you. Goodbye, doctor. All right, put him inside. Sorry, Sidney. Well, he may do all right. It's very possible that getting his anger out on me is the best thing for him. On the other hand, I'll never know. All right, you can find MASH 4077 all over the internet. You can find us at Facebook, www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow me at Hawkeye Mids. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. And we have a website and you can find that at www.mash4077podcast.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast and want to make a donation, it would be much appreciated. You can either go to our main website and there is a PayPal button, or you can go to patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash geekyfanboy, and you can become a monthly donator to our podcast. And remember, you can follow us on iTunes, direct download, or of course, from Stitcher Radio. Just search for MASH 4077 Podcast. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good episode. Not great. Not great. But but definitely good. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Kenny. Uh, and I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Come on, Radar. we got to start a new day. I can't find it, sir. Oh, wait. Here it is.
it sounds a little better. Hey there, MASH fans, this is Meds. Now, as you know, both myself, Al and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and mine is called Waffle on Podcast, and we talk about classic television programmes and films from around the world. So if you think that's your cup of tea, or cup of coffee, whichever you like, then come over to iTunes and type in Waffle on Podcast. Or, of course, you can go to our main site, which is at Podbean, so just type in waffleon.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you join us. was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. We also have John Hamer returning as that's patient that 